Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help or if you need prayer of any kind, you can text the keyword, I need help to 31996. Or if you give your life to the Lord, we would love to know. You can text the keyword, I said yes, to that same number, 31996. Someone from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, I'm so excited to be with you guys today. What an honor it is to bring you the message. It has been an amazing, amazing summer at The Crossing, and I just want to take a second to honor Pastor Dallas, who brought us a message a couple weeks ago, Pastor Orlando last week, man, who just brought fire. If y'all haven't heard those messages, I would encourage you to go to our website and check them out because they are there and they are outstanding messages. But if you, uh, you may not know, it's been almost a year since I've um, been able to stand up here and bring a message to you guys. So that means I have about a year's worth of content to get through with y'all today. So we might be here a couple hours. If you have lunch plans, um, postpone them. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But I am excited about what the Lord put on my heart for you guys. I was planning to go one direction and then a couple weeks ago, I really felt like the Lord was leading me to bring a message about the fruit of the Spirit. Can I get a whoop whoop? Fruit of the Spirit. Anybody start a garden over the social distance quarantine time? Any gardeners in the room? I was a little, (laughs) I got one back in the corner. I was a little confused why. I was like, Lord, why would you ask me to speak on the fruit of the spirit? Because while other people's gardens are flourishing, I'm not joking, I killed three succulents while we were like quarantined at home. Guys, they're the hardiest plant. You literally like put it in a a pot and forget it. And I killed it, multiple, multiples. So I was confused, like, Lord, I cannot speak to any gardening analogies. I do not, like, I have a dead thumb, okay? It's not just a bad, I'm just a bad gardener. Like, I kill everything. Why would you ask me to speak about growing something, much less growing fruit? But when you study the scripture in Galatians, what you actually learn and what I hope is what I can get across to you guys today and what brings you freedom is that the fruit of the spirit growing in your life is actually not dependent on you doing anything to grow it. Is that freedom for anybody here? Like it is not on you to make the fruit of the Spirit grow in your life. And what is so exciting to me about this scripture is that it is actually an invitation into gospel living and into gospel power. Gospel living and gospel power. Does anybody want that today? Anybody ready for some gospel living and gospel power in your life? I know that I am so eager to have more of that. And so let's read our scripture together. We're gonna be in Galatians 5, 13 through 25. I'm gonna be reading from the ESV version. If you have your Bibles, you can open up there with me, or if you've got the app, you can open it up in the app. If you don't though, you can watch it on the screen, read on the screen with me. Galatians 5, starting in verse 13, Paul says, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, or we would say one command. 
that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Everybody with me so far? All right, now we get to the good part. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I'd say that's a pretty comprehensive list. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things do not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Again, another comprehensive list. And against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, you say that it does not return void. And so today, as we walk through scripture, I pray that you would help us to know you better. You would help us to understand you better, that you would help us to grasp what's on your heart. So Lord, give us ears to hear and a heart to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Now it is a personal burden of mine for myself and for our young adult ministry and for you guys, that we as believers would come to take hold of everything that Christ has made available for us. Because oftentimes we think of the cross and we think in light of eternity, which there is an eternal hope, but scripture also says that there's a present hope that Christ did not die on the cross just for the sake of eternity, but for the present as well. There are things available to us. Ephesians 1 says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing of the heavenly places. And I want every spiritual blessing of the heavenly places. And so it's a burden of mine that I work towards taking hold of everything for which Christ has taken hold of me. And that's my burden for you as well. And I think when we read the book of Galatians, that's the burden that's on Paul's heart. And so I wanna give you some context for this scripture as we set up where we're going. So the church in Galatia is a young church. It's probably only a couple years old and it was established by Paul and it's a mix of Jew and Gentile believers. And so Paul was with them for a short amount of time and he gave them the gospel and then he left on his next missionary journey. And after he left, there were some leaders who came into the church who began to preach what I would call the gospel of Jesus and. How many of y'all know the gospel is not Jesus and? And there is no and when it comes to the gospel, but they came in and they began to teach the Galatians, it's Jesus and the law. 
And in order for your salvation to count, in order for you to be considered righteous before Christ, you still must uphold all of the law. So it was Jesus and the way you worshiped, right? This is not acceptable, this is acceptable. No touchdown hands, catch the baby hands, acceptable, okay? Jesus and the way you worship, Jesus and the way you dressed, Jesus and the way you talked. And so they were all concerned about the external behavior reflecting righteousness, but Paul was after something so much bigger. Paul was after the heart. Paul was after the heart. And these leaders had come in and they were even going as far to say every single Gentile person who proclaims Christ, you still must be circumcised. I don't care whether Paul has told you you are free. If you don't do this, you're not part of the promise. And Paul's angry. So he sends them a letter and you can feel the tension in his letter. Although I would say he's probably not as angry as the people who went through with circumcision and then Paul's later, a letter came like three days later. I would have been like, bro, couldn't your messenger have run just a little bit faster? to get me that letter. But Paul is angry because, because he's saying, if you go that far, what does Christ even have to offer you? If all you're concerned about is your external behavior, go back 2000 years. That you're, you're basically living back then, but Christ has made something available to you now. And what he's made available to you now is freedom. You have freedom. And so he spends four chapters reminding them of the gospel of freedom that is found in Christ Jesus. And then he gets to Galatians chapter five, verse one, and he kicks off this, this part of scripture by saying, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Because being obsessed with the outward expression of righteousness can itself become a form of slavery. But then he also understands the human nature. That when we have the pendulum over here and we're like, oh, okay, we're free. And we, we cut that off. Then it doesn't just kind of settle in the middle. How many of you guys know the pendulum tends to swing the completely opposite direction, right? And so he sees in the nature of man and he knows the way that they think that if I'm proclaiming freedom in Christ, then I don't want you to think that that means the pendulum can swing the completely opposite direction. And all of a sudden you have liberty to do whatever you please. Freedom in Christ is not grounds for a life of immorality, but this freedom is to set you free because that also in and of itself can become a form of slavery. That's what Paul is saying in verse 14. He's saying, be careful, or 15, be careful that you do not get so wrapped up in this life of immorality that where you begin to bite and then you begin to devour and then eventually you just become consumed because it is a constant downward spiral. Both of them, both forms of slavery, whether it's to the law and the belief that my external behavior somehow reflects my worthiness of salvation or whether it, it, it is the bondage to the life of immorality thinking Christ has set me free so I can do whatever I please. And so Paul wants them to land somewhere in the middle. He wants them to take hold of everything that has been made available to them in Christ, but it's a narrow road and he wants to teach them how to walk 
that road. So Paul's solution to them is just one thing. He gives them one instruction in this section of scripture and that, sec- and that section says this. It says, I want you to watch where you walk. I want you to watch where you walk. I want you to be led by the Spirit. I want you to walk in the Spirit. This matters and it matters so much to Paul that he reiterates it multiple times in this small section. I want you to be led by the Spirit because what he wants them to do is not just have head knowledge, not just have a belief that there's more for me. He wants them to actually put it into action because there's a difference between having the head knowledge and having the, the, the belief that that's true, but then actually taking the step to implement it into your life, right? I can believe that a seatbelt saves my life should I ever be in a catastrophic accident. But if when I get into my car, I don't actually engage my seatbelt, I do not get any of the benefits that the seatbelt offers me. I can believe that eating healthy and working out is a benefit to my body, but if I don't actually go and do it, I do not reap any of the benefits that are available to me. And I love what Paul says next, and he says, but there's a tension that comes with it. There's a tension, and I'm always grateful when Paul says this because it reminds us that Paul is human, that he is not some amazing man who never struggles, but it's the same thing that Paul says in Romans 7. I keep doing the things that I don't want to do and the things that I want to do, I just can't seem to do. And there's a tension when we begin to walk in the Spirit because the things of our flesh have been in bondage over us for so long and suddenly we are trying to break free. And Paul says, you are normal. You are normal when there's a tension because I know when the thought crosses my mind, man, I really should work out. The thought also crosses my mind, but I'd really like to binge watch Netflix and eat three bowls of chocolate chip cookie dough bluebell ice cream. (laughs) That sounds a whole lot better than working out. But I want the end goal of what working out provides for me. And on the other end, you always feel better. You're always glad that you did it. Even something, you're always glad that you did it. Whereas after three bowls of bluebell ice cream, I'm always left nauseous. I'd prefer not that outcome. But there's a tension between that. And I would say to me, it represents the same tension that you see in Genesis 3 where Eve and Adam have been told, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then Satan comes and he tempts them and he said, but did God really say? Did God really say it's best for you not to eat it? Or is he trying to withhold something good from you that he just doesn't want you to know about? Is being led by the spirit really the good thing for me or is God just trying to tell me that there are rules and regulations I could follow? Is he trying to withhold something that would actually make me happy? Or is being led by the Spirit the right thing? There's the tension. The tension is normal, and I'm grateful for that. 
But what we see right there at the beginning of verse 16 is that Paul tells us, there is no question about it, this is a promise. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. There's no question mark at the end of it. You will not gratify the desires of your flesh? Maybe, it's hit and miss. No, there's a period, it's a statement. Walk by the Spirit and you will not. I assure you, you can rely on this. I know it to be true. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. And this is one of my favorite points for you guys. So if you've got a paper and a pen, I want you to write it down because this is going to be something you can come back to later. Walking by the Spirit does not just imply direction, it implies enablement, okay? Walking by the Spirit, yes, the Lord will tell you you're going to uh, get a new job opportunity and it is coming from me. I want you to text this person and this is the scripture I want you to text them because there's something going on in their life. I want you to keep your mouth shut and not respond in that situation because I'm doing something you don't see yet and if you talk, I'm gonna, it's gonna be messed up. However, it also implies enablement. It takes your life from the expectation to resist sin to the empowerment to resist it. Amen? Is that freedom for anybody in here? It takes your life from the expectation. Don't do this, don't do that. That's not good for you. Out of the expectation and into the enablement to actually say, that's not good for me. I'm gonna say no. It is a blessing. The freedom of Jesus is a blessing. And I love it. To me, it is, it is the um, epitome of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, uh, where is it? 1 Corinthians 10, where he's saying the Lord is faithful. When you are tempted, he will always provide a way out. Amen? When you're tempted, the Lord will always provide a way out. And the Holy Spirit enabling you to say no is your way out. Because sometimes before you even get in a room where there is a situation where you are looking for the back door, like how do I get out of here? Before you even get into that situation, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you and say, that's not going somewhere where you wanna go. And you'll feel that when you are practicing being led by the Spirit there's something off in this situation. I think uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna step out. And you don't even get caught in a trap because the Holy Spirit leads you out before you can ever, ever get caught in it. He will lead you out. But how does that begin to happen? So if we wanna be led by the Spirit, how do we do that? It happens one decision at a time, one decision at a time. It's slow and sometimes there are times where the Lord sets you free from things that have kept you in bondage immediately. Absolutely, the Lord will do that. You pray for freedom and there are times when immediately he will set you free. But oftentimes walking in freedom just looks like taking one step, one choice every day, putting one foot in front of the other, working every day to get just a little bit 
better. I love what Pastor Randy says. The goal is if you are a two, not that the next day you would try to be a seven, but if you are two today, I'm just gonna try and be a three. I'm just gonna try and get a little bit better to let the Holy Spirit lead me a little bit more every day. You know, I was curious uh, as I was putting all these notes together, really how many decisions we have in a day to choose to be led by the Spirit. And scientists estimate that an adult makes about 35,000 conscious and unconscious decisions in a day. 35,000. 35,000 choices that we make in a day where we can be choosing to let the Spirit lead us. Some of the most impactful choices that I've ever made, one of them was when I decided that I was going to read my Bible every day, every day, not just on occasion, not just when I was looking for an answer for something I was going through, but every day because I wanted to know God better. I wanted to know his character. I wanted to know his nature. I wanted to know him. But I also made the decision that the Bible in and of itself was not going to be enough to get me up every morning before the sun thought it was even appropriate to be up. So I made the decision, thanks to a bunch of Amazon reviews, to buy a nice programmable coffee pot. And then I make the decision every night before I go to bed to set that coffee pot so that there are as few obstacles between me getting up and getting in the word every morning. I make the decision. I make the decision. And I made the decision to join a life group where I made friends and I built community who encouraged me to be closer to Christ, who we were growing in scripture together. And I made the choice that even when I'd had a tough day, even when I didn't feel like going, I made the choice to still show up. And I'm always glad that I did. I made the choice, even when it was hard, to just put one foot in front of the other. And when it was hard, I asked the Holy Spirit to help me, right? Because it's not just an expectation, it's an empowerment to walk by the Spirit. And so if it is our goal to walk by the Spirit, our end goal is to look like Christ and to have more of everything that he has made available to us. That is our end goal. And so every step that we take every day leads us in a direction. And I hope that we begin to take steps that lead us toward attaining more of what Christ died for us to attain. Because as I am led by the Spirit and I take a step closer to Christ, my proximity to what kept me in bondage grows further. As I'm led by the Spirit and I take a step toward Christ, my proximity to greed or to anger grows further. I am closer to Christ and I am further from the things that kept me in bondage because my steps are leading me toward a goal. And if we have 35,000 choices to make in a day, my question then is where are your steps leading you? Where are your steps leading you? 
Paul goes into this last section where he actually begins to contrast two different places where our steps can lead us. And I wanna set up this section because I know it's a tough passage to read. It makes us uncomfortable to read a list like this. And a lot of times we read it and we think, oh, well, Paul is just listing all of the things that I cannot have anything to do with and all of these things that I need to avoid and all that kind of stuff. But actually, Paul is not doing that here. Paul is contrasting two different types of life and he is asking you if you will take the invitation into the better one. He's extending a hand to the church in Galatia and today to us and saying, is there somewhere in your life where you have settled for less than Christ's best for you? Is there somewhere in your life where you have not been letting the Spirit lead? Because on one side, this is what we get when we don't let the Spirit lead whatsoever. But when we let the Spirit lead, He actually produces in us the very thing that we long for. And so we're going to read this section again because I want us to understand. I want us to hear where Paul is coming from. I want us to listen for ourselves which I know can be tough. It's a whole lot easier to listen for maybe your spouse or your child sitting next to you as we read this list. So do me a favor, keep your elbows in. I don't wanna see any, any poking or any, she's talking about you and none of those, okay? So as we go through this list, listen for yourself because here's what I want you to understand. Every single person in this room will resonate with at least one of the things that Paul mentions in this list. Because as we know, we are all sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God. There is not a single person in this room who is without sin and who is not dealing with at least one of these things. So do not feel as I am, as we are reading this, that there is somehow me pointing to any person and saying this is about them. It's about all of us. It's an opportunity for all of us to ask the Holy Spirit to search our heart. Lord, what is resonating with me and what area have I not let you lead? Amen? All right, let's read it together. Starting Galatians 5, verse 19. So he says, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. As I read through this, I began to see the picture that that first list is what we get when we try and manufacture the fruit of the Spirit in our own lives without having 
anything to do with the Spirit. I wanna say that again. What we get in that first list, that whole first list of things that Paul named off, that is what we get in our lives when we try and produce the fruit of the Spirit without wanting anything to do with the leading of the Spirit. Because we as humans, we as sinners, we can only produce a distorted manufacturing of what only the Spirit can actually give. If we try and produce it ourselves, it will come out distorted. And it may come out right for the first couple, maybe weeks, months, but eventually, like Paul said in the beginning, the sinful nature spirals downward. It does not get better. And so what we get in that first list is our own attempt. So all of the things that are related to sexual immorality, that is what becomes of our lives when we try and produce the love that only God can give. All of those things related to idolatry and sorcery, that is what comes of our lives when we try and manufacture the assurance and the security in some kind of religion that only a relationship with Jesus can give us. What comes of fits of anger is when we try and manufacture control when really a life in Christ is about living with surrender and open hands and trusting that Jesus is for you and that he is walking through life with you. So this whole list is not a list of don't do this and don't do that. It is saying we try on our own to manufacture these things and we resist the spirit, but it is only with the spirit that we actually attain real love real joy, real peace, real gentleness, real kindness. And oftentimes, even as good Christians, we memorize the fruit of the Spirit and we even make that a legalistic thing. I need to have love. I need to have joy. I need to have peace. But what Paul is saying is what you need is to be led by the Spirit. And you need to let the Spirit produce those things in you because even if you were going today, I'm gonna practice peace. How many of y'all have ever prayed for peace and an hour later you regretted it because you got on I-45 and there are five car pileups, one after the other, and you were like, it's all because I prayed for peace. I know it. I know I shouldn't have prayed for peace. It's not about praying for peace. It's about praying, Spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me in my choices today. Spirit, lead me in how to talk to those sandpaper coworkers. Spirit, lead me on how to manage my money. Spirit, lead me because you produce these things because they are the very nature of God. They are the very nature of God. So if the Spirit is leading us, it leads us to the things that are of God. It cannot lead us to things that are contrary. And I love this. This is what Christ gives us. Jesus says in John chapter 14, he says, it is my peace that I leave with you. It is my peace that I give you. And here's the great part. I don't give as the world gives because the world gives 
temporary assurance. And then they're like, hey, remember when I let you borrow that assurance? Now you owe me. The world gives and then it claims back plus some from us. But Jesus freely gave. He freely gave so that we could freely receive. And this is the good news for us today. This is the freedom for us today. And that is because of what Jesus did, because of the cross, the spirit can indwell in our lives and it can produce the fruit of the spirit because of Jesus, because he has set us free. So today we can stand firm. Today we can stand firm and we can resist the yoke of slavery that comes from either the legalistic thought that I must produce the fruit of the spirit myself or the thought that I can do whatever I want because Christ has set me free. Paul is extending an invitation and he says, no, there's better than both of those. There is gospel living and there is gospel power available for you today and every day because Jesus made it available to you and because the spirit is just waiting for you to say, lead me, help me. I'm taking a step and I wanna know, where do you want me to walk, Holy Spirit? So, for those of you who maybe have been coming to church for a long time and you're like, I've, I've got this leading by the Spirit thing down pretty good and, and the Holy Spirit is producing fruit in my life, then my invitation to you today would be that you begin to give the fruit of the Spirit away. Begin to give it away. Do what Paul says in verse 13, and that is love one another, not out of obligation. That's the freedom here for those who are seeing the fruit of the Spirit in their life is that you serve not out of obligation, but out of a love knowing that Christ first served you. So now we get to serve others and freely do so. Give away the fruit of the Spirit because if there is anything I can say about it, it is that it will be the most magnificent witnessing tool that you could ever have in your back pocket because people in the world are desperate for joy and they are desperate for peace. And you have something by the Spirit that the world needs, so let them see it. Give the fruit of the Spirit away. If you're somewhere in the middle and you're like, yeah, I wanna be led by the Spirit, but I don't really know where to start, then my invitation for you today would be that you start with just a step. Start with a step somewhere. Maybe your step is toward praying before you respond in a certain situation and you ask the Spirit, what do you want me to say? Because I know it would feel good to pop off in this situation and to say all the names that are in my head, but Holy Spirit, the tension, I feel the tension, Holy Spirit, empower me to say what you want me to say, maybe, you make the decision to join a group. 
and you get in connection with other people who are walking by the Spirit and who can encourage you in how it looks to walk by the Spirit. And for those of you who have never made that decision before, those of you who are here for the first time, whether that's in person or online, maybe today your first step looks like just giving your life to the Lord. You make the first step in surrender. Maybe you feel that tension inside your chest and you say, no, I know that I have been trying to manufacture all these things and it has completely gone awry for me, but I feel something inside my heart that says I was made for more than this. And so if that's you, my invitation to you is today that you give your life to the Lord. And it's a really simple prayer and I'm gonna ask you to pray it with me. I'm actually gonna ask everybody in the room to pray it with me. I'll say it first and you can repeat after me. So if you would bow your head and close your eyes. And it's so simple. We'll just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross, that he rose again. And today I receive freedom. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, and today I surrender my life. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for what you are doing in every heart in this place. Lord, I pray that this would be like a seed planted in hearts, but Lord, I pray that you would come and cause the growth Thank you for speaking. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for guiding us. But most importantly, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, for purchasing our salvation and our freedom, for everything that you have made available for us today and forever. Jesus, we love you. And it is your name that we honor and we lift high. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Now, if the Lord is doing something in your heart, if you gave your life to the Lord today or if he set you free or if you just know that the Lord is good, we're gonna celebrate because that's the response that we have when we know that the Lord is up to something good. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at The Crossing by liking us on Facebook following us on Instagram or subscribing to our YouTube channel. Or you can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc.